aren't you about tired of listening to sports shows with all the woke bullshit? So are we. This is Patriot Sports Radio. Patriot Sports Radio. Fed up with the national talking heads and biases of mainstream sports media. If it's sports, from the high school level to the pros, we're talking about it. Like the red-blooded Americans we are. God bless America. God bless America. God bless America. Let's do this. And now, here's Eric, Angela, John, Chris, and the coach. Welcome back, my friends. If you're new, then welcome in Patriot Sports Radio. My name is Eric. I'm your host. Glad to have you with us. Thank you for those reviews. They help more than you know, so keep sending those in. Another beautiful day here in the good land. Chris is over there shoveling coal, making it happen. Angela is on her way home from the Thanksgiving Day game in Detroit. But we got John here and Coach May pop in. Not only that, joining us today, YouTube sensation, motivational speaker, father, artist, all-around great dude. Basically a perfect encapsulation of everything Patriot Sports is about. You can find him on Instagram at Johnny Calloway Sr. That's with an I-E. And on YouTube at JM Calloway 7. That's with an O. Johnny Calloway Sr. Johnny, thanks for your time. How you doing? I'm, uh, I'm blessed. I say every day I wake up is a something good going to happen. And if it don't happen today, it'll happen tomorrow. If it happen today, it's going to be the day after that. But I just expect positivity every day. <laughs> I love that. That's your Positive that's your vibes. standard uh that's your standard response when people ask how you doing. You say blessed, isn't it? Yes, sir. <laughs> My impression from your Instagram and your YouTube stuff is you're a guy who understands the contagious nature of optimism, the importance of personal personal accountability, and how important it is to impress that upon the younger generations, like what that means for the future of society. Uh, you strike me as one of those, I want to leave the world better than I found it kind of guys. Am I close? Yes and no, because um, I, I understand as much as I can try to change the world, people are going to be people. Um, but I, I, if I've learned nothing else from studying, art lives forever. Um, and all you are is a representation of art. All of us are artists, whether we know it or not. And so Kobe Bryant is gone, but I can still watch him score 81, but I also can Google his rape case, unfortunately. So everything I do matters. And as a father, my kids watch me. Um, and that's really my motivation that if they proud of me, I, I care less what the world thinks of me, honestly. That's a nice perspective to have. I hear a lot of acceptance and just self-confidence. I don't know, self-acceptance. Like, you know what you're about and, and you don't really care about other people's feelings. I need to get to a place like that. Admittedly, I care a little bit too much about what people think of me. John, how are you doing? I forgot about you over there. You're under my word, Doc. I'm, I'm good. I'm good. Just came down from the mountains. Uh, my body's still recovering. So if I sound a little nasally today, it's, uh, it's because I was at like 8,000 feet yesterday and now I'm at 5,000. So wow. a little sick, but I'm here. Happy to be here. Glad to have you, Johnny. Appreciate you. Thanks, man. Thanks for the opportunity. You're supposed to work out at altitude and recover at, at sea level. So I think you're doing it right. Maybe. <laughs> doing something. Not a personal <laughs> trainer. <laughs> So I was looking around at the sports news and I noticed another article about a youth sports referee shortage. This is a situation in Wisconsin called an emergency three years ago already. Uh, worse than that, it's actually a nationwide problem. There's a story from San Diego County. 
Gary Gittleson from the San Diego County Football Officials Association said one of the main reasons for the shortage is, wait for it, unruly behavior from parents and fans. Gary also works high school varsity games. He said the number of officials is down drastically. Quote, I never thought our numbers would decrease by about half. We normally in the past would have at least 40 new members each year. Two years ago, we had 10. Last year, we had 27. You add those together, it's not even 40. I'm not good at math, and even I know that's not 40 people. Uh, he said COVID has had a huge impact, but one of the main reasons for the shortage is unruly behavior from parents and fans, the unsportsmanlike conduct of coaches, coaches, as well as some parents put people off, and they don't want to come back. They don't want to return. They get yelled at during their days at work, and these guys are making like, I don't know, 60 bucks, something <laughs> like that. I mean, that's not worth taking it from parents. That barely uh, fill up your gas tank to get out there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's been, let's see, according to the National Federation of State High School Association, there has been a loss of about 50,000 referees and umpires nationwide since the 2018-2019 season. Wow. That's forced schools to move around their game day schedule. Now we're not even going to be able to have like Friday night lights in some cities because the refs are working, I don't know, girls basketball games. Referees, <laughs> here it is. Referees generally make 66 for youth games and as much as $90 for varsity games. No experience needed. The end of the article is essentially begging you to be a referee. No experience needed. If you're interested in registering to become an official, contact your local, I don't know, Scholastic Athletics Association. We actually had a parent here last year punch a referee in the face oh. at a high school game. Uh, what do we... <laughs> how does it get that far? Yeah, um, it was a, um, a foul. I think that he's, his son was fouled as a basketball game. The parent thought the ref should have called the foul. The ref didn't call it. The parent kept talking. The ref was like, well, come down here and talk. And then went down there and oh, exchanged gosh. blows with each other. And that's where we're at, ladies. And that's how we're setting examples for our children. What do you gain yeah. from something like that? Not, well, A, just on, on the... The base of it, you're not going to get the call changed. But <laughs> second of all, you're going to set just horrible examples one after another. First, you're you're teaching kids this is how you handle a problem when you don't accept an outcome, and then you know here's how far you should take it if if the person says anything, you know, because they both felt justified. I'm sure. Yeah, um, sports is like a double edged sword because referees are placed in a really awkward position to where if you make too many calls, it seems like you got favoritism. You got to Ignore the fans, ignore the coaches, ignore the players. And sometimes it's easy to forget the human aspect. Like that ref could have had a bad day. He could have found out his wife was cheating on him or something, but still had to go ref the game. So he always on edge. But also in society, there's not really an incentive to go be a part of youth sports anymore. Like most people aren't having kids. They're real selfish minded. And so to go out and be a part of a, a children's organization normally that's somebody who's a parent or an auntie or uncle or something like that and now we got a real i feel like social media has has kept everybody in infancy if that makes sense no one wants to grow up and accept adult responsibilities also nobody wants to talk nobody wants to hear i don't want to go down this wormhole but nobody wants to hear what somebody else's opinion is like if a guy is obviously screwing up and he's doing a terrible job People just start screaming there. You know, people don't like the coach <clears throat> is more likely to complain or scream than just walk up to the guy, look him in the eyes and say, what's going on? 
sit down and calmly have a discussion and say, why are you blowing this game? <laughs> you agree. No, my, my sons play um, third grade AAU right now, and their coach is super passive-aggressive. Passive like, he'll never say anything directly to the ref, but he's always, that's a foul. One, two, three, like counting the three seconds in the lane. He just always does things. And, like, you wonder why he doesn't give you fouls. Because <laughs> he yeah. can hear you doing that. <laughs> yeah. To an extent. Yeah. Like, I play in a men's rec league right now. I'm super nice to the refs. I walk over and shake their hands before the games. I always crack jokes with them and stuff. Never say – I just – that's how you manipulate people. It's not that bad. But why would I – if it's up to you, you decide if I get to shoot a free throw or just let it go. Why would I start a, a beef with you? Now that's I'm playing six on five. <laughs> that's what I don't understand. And And with people who will – yell and scream at somebody who has their food back there when nobody's looking like you want to be nice to the people who can do things right. for you <laughs> yeah. you know it friendships are reciprocal and even you know uh, a single game or a, a table at a restaurant like you're having a short-term relationship with this person be respectful you'll get respect but yeah. start well, counting uh, the three seconds you're gonna be you're <laughs> not gonna get a lot of calls man <laughs> a lot of these calls because i go to a lot of high school games my kids are active in sports a lot of times, the ref is calling the right call. This mm-hmm. is a foul. The parents are pissed. Yeah. But it used to be, I feel like, I grew up in the 90s, 80s and 90s. If I fouled somebody and the ref called that, my dad yelled at me, mm-hmm. not the ref. That's and not until I got home. Because the coach handled it during the game or while we were at the game. But it was never directed at the ref because really the refs make most of the calls are correct. Yeah. The, the reason why people aren't refing now is because parents are mad even at the good calls. Like they're doing their job and it happens a lot. And softball, baseball, the worst. These ops behind the plate are calling legit balls and strikes from children. So is the yeah. strike zone a little bit more or everything would be a ball? Yeah. And I'm just, I'm dumbfounded sometimes that because it's really they're donating their time. It's they barely get paid for their gas and lunch. Let's be honest. Yeah, yeah. Alex said we've lost value for the for for humans. I mean, if if I don't know anything about life, I understand is we all need each other. Like if I order a product right now, you'd probably got to ship it out from your warehouse, and somebody else has to drive it to my house. Like we need each other a lot more than we know, and. It's like the better we do in society with Uber Eats and with technology, we get more disrespectful to each other. Like we don't value the human instinct yes. because technology's in the middle. You don't have interaction. Yeah. I think people are having a hard time separating the the strangers they interact with online with almost no repercussions and the human people they're they're interacting with in the real world. And it's sort of just disrespect across the board at this point. Yeah. Well, some of it is it, it could go back to this referee is if my 16-year-old peanut at the if she's playing basketball and she clearly fouls somebody and she knows she fouled them and the ref called her for fouling them and I yell at the ref for calling that, peanut knows now she can do whatever the fuck she wants because it's okay. Yeah, you just signed off on all kinds of behavior. Like the whole point for me and my family, why I push my kids in sports, is because they learn all sorts of life lessons <laughs> that aren't just they're one being competitive, working hard, uh, winning, losing, um, getting in trouble when you're not doing the right thing, learning how to do the right thing without being told. 
there's so much that goes into that that's just fucked if I yell at the referee. Like, the whole, like, this is going to last into, into your career, your marriage later, you having kids later. You're, we're, yeah. we're building selfish, self-centered, self-seeking children. I was going to say something I, um, I say to myself daily. I ask myself, am I comfortable with my actions today becoming my children's habits tomorrow? And I don't That's think good. a lot of people acknowledge that. You know, my father all the time used to say, don't do what I do, do what I say. And I told him, I said, that was stupid. Because the minute Even you, as a kid, we knew that was dumb. The minute you wasn't around, I did what you was doing. Yeah, I couldn't do it in front of you, but I tried it on my own and it was a bad choice. But now, so I understand the actions that I display for my children, that's what they're going to want to do on their own. So if they see me disciplined and conducting myself the right way, then they, but if they see me being sagging my pants and talking to seven different women and drinking and smoking, oh, you don't do that. Of, of course they're going to copy it. So I just, I think as, as, not only say dads, but men in America, we've let the media raise our children instead of taking ownership of, of full responsibility. Like your kids are your kids. And too many children are, are social media babies today. At the root where I know I've gotten, like when I get mad at Uber delivery or whatever, it's because I fundamentally have this mistake of thinking I'm a boss and everybody's my employee when really, uh, I'm just a consumer and these are business partners. You know, it's like you can yell and scream all you want. And same thing with the ref. I mean, analogy isn't, isn't perfect, but I mean, this isn't somebody who's out to get you most of the time. It's, uh, it, it always requires a conversation. It always requires a level of patience and a mindset of, uh, you know, just because you click on your phone and then something's supposed to get delivered here, this isn't your employee. This is your business partner and you're trying to get a delivery or you're trying to get a job or, or things like that. It's because we do everything on our phone. Everything feels like there are just ours. Yeah. Ours. And that's just not true. It's just not. No. Like that no. guy doesn't give a shit. If you're mad when you show up, he's, he's, he doesn't care really about your review or about your tip. If you're going to be a dick, he wants to get in and get out and move on and have a better experience in the next time. But pay that man his money. (laughs) That's right. If you're enough, but he'll stand outside your window and eat your order. Right. In the, in the big thing with you sports too, is you're going to see that ref again. There's what yes. ten people that ref junior high basketball, and yeah, when you I know that kid, guy. Saw him at the grocery store. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> last yeah, year at my son's game, I remember one of the parents was telling the ref, "Come meet me outside in the parking lot," and, and the ref was like, "Dude, it's cold outside." <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "All right, I'll just see you at church on Sunday. How about that?" Yeah, exactly. When we're both exactly. pretending that we're on the level, but at the end of the day, it's youth sports. What is? What are the consequences of losing a, a youth sports game? You're going to learn a lesson there. There's value in losing a youth sports game. I don't know, man. My, my boys play, and it. every weekend there's a parent upset. Like every – you can guarantee some money. Yeah. You can it's guarantee. a lost scholarship. I mean that's how people think about stuff. That's how uh, immature and emotionally unintelligent people think about it is my son's on the bench. He should be starting. If he started, maybe he could get a scholarship. Then I won't have to pay $400,000 for college. He's obviously the next AJ Brown. Why <laughs> doesn't right. this coach see it? Yeah. yeah, it's almost interesting. I feel like, to, and mo- the, from my perspective, the parents that are the angriest are the ones who never played sports. Like they never, they trying to live their dream through their child. You know? Oh, absolutely. They have more invested because it's not just being proud of their kid. They need to live vicariously. <laughs> yeah, I've really noticed they need to that go a lot. To state too. Yeah. Now, I 
I get passionate. I'm, pa- I'm a passionate sports yeah. parent, but I'm not a dick to the refs. But there's sometimes after the game where I got to snatch my kid up and be like, hey, that temper tantrum, we're not doing that shit. Yeah. Like we're going to hold our shoulders up and lose because we lost and we're going to go shake their hands. I tell my kids I still play basketball. I got a career, so I don't care if you ever have one. <laughs> I know a youth sports ref. But also there's a there's a big lesson that gets Coach learned and, and kids don't want to hear it, but they'll experience it and know it later. Everybody who played sports remembers a game where they had to overcome the refs. And your coach, if you had a good coach, hauled you in and said, they're not calling that or they are calling that. So stop doing it. Yep. That's just the way it is. Accept it now so we can win this game. Stop pouting. It's not your job. Stop. You know, they're calling hand touching as pass interference. They're calling, you know, that hand check in basketball as a foul. Stop doing it. Like learn from what's going on, adapt, and then overcome it. To piggyback off what you said, do you you know when that culture changed? It's when LeBron became the best player. You never heard Kobe complain. You never heard Jordan complain. But when LeBron became the star. Kobe was manipulating the refs. Like he knew where they couldn't see him. And so he would. Hold on to jerseys. Yeah, like he he understood what was going on, and he learned. He look at the complaining since LeBron has been at the peak. Once LeBron oh on, LeBron started flopping, and James Harden said, "Hold my beer." Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and when they when they basically ran Derek Harper out of the league when they made hand checking a foul, that's when it really softened up. I think that's about when I bailed on that. I, I love hand that. checking. I think I it's the best thing ever. Those those '90s Knicks teams, like that was the basketball I loved to watch, and that basketball just does not exist anymore. Being, being a guard without hand checking, anybody could score thirty because you just got. Sh- I mean, yes. yeah. anyone can shoot nowadays, so you can't touch me. I'm hey, what? Where's Steph Curry right now? Hand checking. <laughs> Man, well, he's, he's got a different teammate for sure, because here's what would happen. They would get a bruiser because all of these teams had a bruiser and he would set brutal yeah, picks I was about so to say that, that he yeah. could get open. Yeah. They yeah. would find a way to get him open because he's a generational talent. Well, playoffs, it would though, just it may change. I think playoffs, yeah, he would yeah. get locked up for sure. On regular yeah. season, though, he would still get, get, get 30, 40 here. But playoffs, yeah. man, yeah, I can see him get some cuffs put on him. Especially if a Kawhi Leonard DM up or something like that. Oh, God. (laughs) When Milwaukee won the championship, that was so much fun around here. I could have The kids were into it. We had a good time. Yeah, my kids love Giannis. It's like shocking to me because Giannis is so basic but so dominant at the same time. I got to see him play in person. But he's he's adding to his game now. But, I mean, you know he's going to come, pick up, hop step, dunk. That's about it. I personally he's also really good to have around the community. He's a great oh, dude. Man, he's I believe so good it. from Milwaukee. I thought remember yeah, when he got mistaken great. in Milwaukee, they didn't know who he was. Uh, yeah. Like they showed up. I, he was he didn't do anything wrong, but he showed up and, and like they thought he was trespassing or something. It was at some restaurant. Uh, and they were afraid of him because he's a giant, just massive <laughs> human being. And, and it was before he got his contract. And you look at his name and. He didn't know what that meant. Yeah. <laughs> so they're like, you got to go. I watched it. Turns out he was the MVP. And it's pretty unique how he got to the league. It was just, a, uh, I'm going to put my hat in and throw it all in. And it worked out for him. And to get his brother's work and working dedication. Yeah. But that also, he had a father in his family, you know. I, I, yeah. I, I think outside of LeBron and Kevin Durant, there aren't many players that have reached the peak who don't have a father, unless I'm wrong. And which LeBron had a dad, which because he had every. Man, seeing him was six eight at 
14, they say, oh, you come here. I got you. <laughs> yeah. But he had every yeah. Don King of Cleveland yeah. talking to him about the future. But outside of him and Kevin Durant, I think every athlete who's made it to the, the top level had a father to push them, to motivate them. I even think about Brett Favre when his, his father passed and he came out on Monday Night Football and went crazy yeah. the next day. Um, I think that's like how big was Michael Jordan's dad in his life. Yeah. Like big. Yeah. Yeah. Curry's. Yeah. Tiger Woods. Tom Brady. Yeah. The Mannings. Yeah. Even Pat Mahomes. His pot. Oh, absolutely. I'll let you point it out. Jalen Hurts. Because he went to Oklahoma that one year, but Steph his Curry, parents are. Clay Thompson. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> Both the Currys. Yeah. yeah. And all even Le- LeVar Ball got all three of his sons to the hot Absolutely. Level. Yes. Yeah. And I mean, yeah. I have my. You could doubts. have a bad dad. Right. <laughs> yeah, you could be a piece of shit, but just there every day. As long day, as you're man. there. Man, yeah. LeVar Ball is the, the definition of 80% of succeeding is just showing up. Yeah. Uh, uh, he'll, he'll show up. It's perception. Nobody He's trying to ride the bus kid. with the team. Showing up and then just selling a narrative. You know, he talked so much. Oh, even if you never didn't like his kids, you watched him play to see them lose. You know, he he did yes. what he was supposed to do, which is was get the attention Absolutely. on his boys. And they got paid. Absolutely. Yeah. And one is actually pretty good. Yeah. I, so, yeah. He can play ball. Not a bad well, Do You know, the youngest two. one was going to be good. It must suck to yeah. be that middle brother, though. Could you imagine being him? Both of your brothers <laughs> make the league and you're just... There. Yep. <laughs> yeah. He's like the fourth, he's the fourth Jonas brother. God, did you know there's that, a fourth Jonas brother? I did, I did not know that. It, it's a fourth Jonas brother for real? Yes. No shit. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. Uh, it, it might be nice. Uh, like yeah, Cooper. Just, Cooper you know, Manning. Yeah. 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 He's the Cooper. Man, that ha- I, oh, I really you know what that. I noticed when the Mexico City game was going on? Girls flagged football. They were talking about it like it's a big, huge thing. I never really heard people talking about it i googled it like you do most things you don't know about and i found out nike just threw a bunch of money at it collaborating to inspire the next generation of female athletes nike and the nfl announced a new grant initiative that commits a total of five million dollars in product five million in product to growing flag football within <laughs> they write that life. off that's like 52 dollars out of nike's pocket yeah. that's balls. what gets stolen from them in a year yeah, yeah. This multi-year initiative will provide a one-time donation of up to 100000 in product to state athletic associations that offer girls flag football. So they're going to hook them up with uniforms, socks, accessories, sports bras, all of which will be distributed to each participating state's governing interscholastic or athletic association at their discretion. At present, only six states sanction high school flag football for girls, Alaska, Arizona, Florida, Georgia, Nevada, and New York, but... Financial support may help remove operational barriers so more states can introduce girls' flag football programs. One million more boys get to play youth sports than girls because they have football, is what it says on their website. I went to check out the 11 online and the Stronger Than One series. They got Colleen Wolf from NFL Network hosting like a, like a series of videos that show training exercises and so forth specifics of the game it looks like a web series that you could essentially learn and train to play flag football then it's just on your state to pick it up but anything that gets more kids playing sports i'm all about it just get them outdoors get them to put the screen down and pick a ball up and work together do something together and and try to make a goal happen but hey phil knight do that (laughs) phil knight let's cut a real check though like, yeah. Come on, yeah. really? Come on, guys. Yeah. Let's cut a real fifty million dollar money check. 
Yeah, I think it's a good idea, but man, I just I look at everything corporations do, and I Ugh. they've sold out this America. This is nothing but so tax this, liens, yeah. and tax, and it, and it's more to push the, the gender divide between men and women. It isn't to you know if you got a, a you just start at the, the age younger of girl. I understand girls can do whatever boys can do, but I got I got I got sons really. going to school, my school right now. Like my boys in third grade and fourth grade. And everything is boys are stupid, girls are this, girls are cool, girls are smart. It's you getting to see that being pushed. Yeah. And the, the teachers are are really liberal uh, and really f- feminist. So just the boys are being put down. And that's why I try to be so positive on my channel. Because like as a young man, where do you go to hear anything good about yourself on a daily basis? Mm-hmm. And everything yeah. that you were good at, like, hey, you were the best quarterback. Well, now we got a girl that's a quarterback. And you better not be mean to her or talk to her how she came. You know what I mean? You got to reduce yourself yeah. to make her feel good. And it's like, I just look around and I see everything that men dominated. We're now asked, men, hey, don't be as good as that because we got to close in the gap. Or if you are that good, feel bad about it. Yeah. Yeah. I say embrace great. Feel bad that God bless you like that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You wanna, like, they want to run around full flags at school, but let's not tackle each other. So as like, part of our, our homecoming ritual at my high school, all the uh, football players <laughs> rounded up the girls in their grade and made a football team and did powder puff. Uh, they do that here too. too. And it got vicious. Let me oh. tell you, I think, <laughs> uh, gosh, you might have to edit this out, but I think if we you never let women you that, hit each other, there would be a lot less passive aggression <laughs> because <laughs> I mean – Someone tore their ACL um, because we were just like, they got flags and we're like, no, you're tackling. So <laughs> three plays in, somebody got hurt and I was like, oh, that was a bad idea. Uh, but there's a lot of uh, getting some anger out for sure. You saw you saw some pretty pointed hits uh, between two ladies that didn't like each other. Oh, sure. Homer Simpson's been saying it for years. We need foxy boxing. <laughs> I would solve so many problems. Yeah. Saw a couple chick fights too. And uh, <laughs> everybody walked away and said that was probably the most interesting thing I'm going to see in the next my, six months. My daughter plays soccer, um, and that's pretty dope to watch, you know, the, the girls. But they're so much more skilled than boys. The boys play a lot more <laughs> physical, but the girls, the skill level in the passing and the movie with the ball is is a definitely a different level. It's a better yes. watch. But the strength, I I, the strength difference will, will always be there. That yeah, um, it just there's, there yeah, will never be a comparison. That. It will never ever. Ever be it's never going to be fair. Girls no. are never going to be boys, and boys aren't going to be girls. No. It's just not a thing. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. We can. That's that's <laughs> just how it. That's reality, and it's okay to say it. Like, bro, I'm yeah. I'm five ten. I I played uh, junior college ball. I've never played in the NBA. I played against WNBA players and gave them buckets. And not saying that they couldn't play. It's just there's a a, a physicality a difference. different. It's just it's extremely different. Yeah, it's the same basketball game. But it, it's just so different when you look for a foul every time. And as a man, you understand after a certain point, like we talked about, you ignore the refs and you play. And Johnny, do you remember two years ago, uh, maybe five or six years ago, the United States of America's women's soccer team went down to Texas and played the 15U boys? Yeah. The state, the Texas state champions of the 15U, and they got fucking ran. Yeah, yeah. By those young boys. They whipped their ass. Yeah, there's a. If you want to see a good comparison to somebody who knows the sport, you brought up tennis. They asked Johnny Mac where Serena would be in the men's, and he said, "Oh, top 100." And, and <laughs> it was on the it was in the wrong place because it was on the Today Show, and I mean, it was claws out. 
and they just ripped into him. And and then it got personal. And they're like, well, where would you put you? And he's like, I don't know, top 2000, I'm 50. Like these guys are yeah. so much better than you can understand. Mm-hmm. And Serena mm-hmm. is the, the greatest of all time female tennis player. But there's like, this is a guy who played it and was a number one. He He's not an idiot and he's not doing it to get attention. He's just being honest. But it goes back to. We saw this last year, John. Yeah. Yeah, that, they'd rather uh, just be lied to. I said, when did when did the general public just enjoy being lied to? When did that start? Like, has that all has it always been that way? When corporations it, started being political, I it was like fifteen minutes ago that wasn't a thing. I it, I blinked my eyes and America changed, and I don't know how that happened. But I can tell you this about men and women, Katie Ledecky. Yeah, and this Leah Thomas. This middle of the packs swimmer from Penn. Wasn't he ranked 72nd as a man? Swimmer. Yeah. He beat all of her Olympic records. And he's just a he's just a collegiate swimmer, not an Olympic swimmer. So Johnny, when do you think it changed? Um, man, if I wanna like I think Barack Obama ushered in a lot of stuff. And I don't wanna ever put it on his shoulders, but I think he rocked America to sleep. You know, everyone like took a deep breath. I mean, he got a huge population of the white white percentage vote, and I think everyone was like, oh, "We can relax now. America's safe. We're comfortable no more." I don't. You ask any of our grandparents, "Hey, do you think uh, transgenderism is going to pop off in the next fifty years?" They would say, no, "You know, that's the last thing anybody would have thought about." And I yeah. think while we were all focused on, and even today, how they're still trying to manipulate people to focus on the race issue, there's a totally different agenda that's that's sneaking in. Um, and we just fell asleep at the wheel. And now I think we, now we are alert and awoke to it. But I definitely think man, he played a huge role. If you, if you go back and look at his, at his presidency, you know, all the other presidents lit up the White House, red, white and blue. Look at what colors Obama lit up the White House. Yeah. And I, I, yeah. me personally, I, that's when the change was coming in, because before then it, it never was a big deal. It never was heard of. But I, I think he was the hardest thing dropped on b- Black America since cracking cocaine. I think where it started, maybe for me, there's there's like three big in history that's, that I think has led us to here. Number one was um, the government ripping Black males out of their homes over with welfare. I think that was Lyndon B. Johnson who did that. Number two was a push that women and men were equal and women should go to work so they could get an, a whole nother class of people to pay taxes. And that ripped the white, started to rip the Caucasian home apart. And then Obama, as he rocked us to sleep and then ushered it all in. Now they've ripped everybody's home apart. The criminalization of weed uh, was that, I mean, yeah, that all goes in it. There was a lot of stuff. That, that's just three things that I said, but there was but, a lot going on throughout there. But in that, you create these divisions and you create different segments in the population mm-hmm. to a tune that you hadn't before that creates these different cultural movements. Some of them are positive. A lot of them are negative. I, I think all of it has always been manipulation. Because the civil rights movement was honestly a communist movement. It wasn't really about embettering anyone or changing anything in the world. Um, you can There's a, a movie about Lyndon Baines Johnson where it breaks down him and Martin Luther King's discussion about the civil rights bill. There's a book called Color, Communism, and Common Sentence by Manning Johnson, who was the leader of the New York um, black communist movement. 
there's man probably like 30 or 40 books you can read about the black communist movements in the 10s, 20s and 30s and 40s because you got to think they would just get out of slavery and reconstruction. So Black Wall Street was built because they understood the value of creating your own, but there also was a backdoor movement saying what we have today, which is a victimhood saying you deserve to be taken care of. You're this victim. They owe you. The government should give you this and give you that. Um, and W.B.E.B. Du Bois, who actually graduated from Harvard in the 1800s, started the Talented Tenth, and they all started the NAACP, which is 1908. That was started by a bunch of liberals. And so the whole thing has never been teaching you to do for yourself or create for yourself. It's just being created a state of victimhood. And it's just been expanded now. That's why they amended the civil rights movement to add the LGBT people in there. So now they have victimhood as well. To You're owed something as well from this America who has treated you unfairly. So that's how I view it. But I can't say if anybody else will view it that way. That's all. Uh, the original uh, civil rights bill was signed in 1876 by the 16th president of the United States. Um, but right after that, they had the Compromise of 1877. And a part of the Compromise was like, all right, we'll leave you alone. Just pull the troops out of the South. They pulled the troops out of the South by 1904. Every black Republican was disenfranchised out of power and they could not vote Democrat. Black Americans weren't allowed to be a part of the Democrat National Convention until 1924. So I just have went back through history and see where it really changed. Um, and that's when the masses shift. They always tell you that the you know, party switched and black Americans started voting Democrat in 64. But if you go look at actual voting records, 64% of black people voted Democrat in 1932 and have been... And their numbers just have been increasing since then. Um, so it's just, we, it's so much misinformation from everything that, man, I, I can't tell you what's real and what's not. <laughs> Coach, we're talking college? about when, where we're at today in, in sports and uh, saying that men and women are the same. And basically, where do we think that that came from? And it kind of took us down this rabbit hole of the progression of uh, victimhood. Victim Victimhood in in America, and I keep I, I can, uh, go ahead. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, somebody like commented on my YouTube videos, like I can't believe you got a Kanye banner, and I'm so disappointed in you. I was like, bro, I've had his banner for like three years. You, the world just started hating him like two weeks ago. Chill out. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it's so been there for a long, movie. long time. I'm I didn't know. Yeah. I, I did. I had, like I had Kobe Bryant. I've got criticized for having Tom Brady. No matter what I do, somebody talks about it. Shouldn't have Tom Brady jerseys up because he's a cheater. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> just like God, damn, damn man. I don't, I don't know how to please the world. <laughs> Did, did we meet? Did we already meet you, Tom Brady? Is that done? Oh, it's coming. <laughs> no. It's coming soon. Give him another coming. 15, 20 years. To really answer your question, Johnny, I think when things change, I think once you get corporations now tweeting out all the kinds of like the NHL tweeted out, um, uh, whatever they tweeted about trans people. Women once are you get, women. Are trans, trans women are women? Trans, trans men are men. Yeah, non-binary is a thing or some. They're shit. taking a theory and they're saying it's fact, and they're pushing whether they just to avoid punishment. They're pushing an agenda. Um, it's that they it don't makes care everybody about. makes everybody kind of get on board, whether you agree with it or not. Say it a million times until other people are saying and, it. And I was going to say, man, um, that's why I, I, I said it's a, a page out of the communist book, right? Because if you go mm -hmm. back to the Montgomery bus boycott, when Martin Luther King was, was leading the boycott, if there's a picture. And if you look at the front of the bus, it's a Coca-Cola logo. So when all those people boycotted that bus for a whole year, that hurt those corporations' pockets. So I say now the corporations are on the side of all every protest you had, yeah. every, the corporations are on the side of it because they want to make the money from it. 
they've paid attention and say, oh, you boycotted us. They've seen history. Yeah. They remember. You took our money back in the 60s when y'all bought. Now we control every boycott. That's why we print the shirts. We give y'all everything. Yeah. And unconsciously, you're always on the side of the corporations, even though you say you hate big corporations. If your protest has merch, it might not be legit. <laughs> <laughs> but you also never see somebody get punished for being a part of a protest that was stupid. As a society, we should punish yeah. them if it's stupid. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like you, it's better to err on the side of being for the protest, regardless of what's underneath it. Um, just so you Science don't get change. left out. Yeah, and that's what it wasn't like that in the '60s. They were like, ah, we don't give a damn. But now you want to be on the side of the protesters. Let them tear up the streets and then put them in jail and let them get out of free. Because you want to destroy, you want to destroy property. You don't want anybody to have personal property, and that's all tied to to communism. Is what I view with my little eyes. The Cleveland trespass, evidently. <laughs> I'm not the only person who hates Brownie the Elf and his cursed existence on the gridiron. Somewhere in Cleveland, Ohio, there's a hero who risked it all to rid us of this 50-foot-tall jinx. Cleveland authorities say a vandal climbed a fence and drove a golf cart on the field, damaging the painted services. That's all it takes? Hop a fence and immediately you have access to golf carts with the keys in them and a clear path for the field, just zero on duty security guards to stop you. Evidently. Why does this not surprise me? They don't have, well, Eric, I don't know if you knew this, but Baker moved out a while ago. Yeah. Left the keys oh, in wide open. Yeah. On the commercial. They never yeah. It. <laughs> yeah. That's why to get into a stadium that easy though. <laughs> yeah. The team says they're fixing it and all will be well for Sunday. They say we are aware of the incident that occurred early Tuesday morning at First Energy Stadium and have provided the Cleveland Division of Police with all relevant information. Based on our internal internal evaluation, there was some superficial damage to the playing field that our grounds maintenance team is working to repair. How early oh. Tuesday morning was it? Like, could you imagine waking up? Like, what you yeah. gonna do this morning? Oh, I'm about to go break into the stadium. <laughs> Why well, I feel like this was the end of a night for somebody. Yes, else. right. <laughs> that wasn't a wake, wake up. <laughs> yeah, but also that yeah. this has got to be one of the weirdest mascots in all of sports. It is Brownie the Elf? Yeah, we should do a top twenty weirdest mascots. Yeah, well, in, in Illinois they've got the Freeport pretzels, and then they also have the orphans. So there's we should we should. Minor league has all the best mascots. Yeah, the sock puppets. I forgot what what city the sock puppets are from. Somewhere when we started this thing, I just followed a bunch of minor league teams to get my finger on the pulse of baseball, and there's some wild. Hey, so what they did here in Kansas City is kind of corny. Um, so they named the minor the minor league team after the Negro League team, Kansas City Monarchs, mm -hmm. and they sell in merch like crazy. Nobody goes to the games, oh, yeah. but oh gosh, do they sell merchandise? <laughs> Is that why I saw Mahomes in a Monarchs jersey a couple of years ago, maybe? Yeah. Well, that's oh, the, yeah, that is a good yeah. look. Yeah, it was a, a nice backdoor well, hustle to sell a bunch of hats and a bunch of jerseys. I was like, that's a good move. Yeah. <laughs> hey, man, those minor league teams are creative. They have good marketing departments. I like really the NHL. NHL. Yeah. You see Kansas City Sharks, you automatically think Negro Leagues. You never would have, you never in a million years would think minor leagues, mm -hmm. but they making money from it. <laughs> Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. What fifty percent of the people buying Monarchs gear don't even know they're buying a minor league team gear. They think they're buying some retro vintage, exactly Negro League gear. It's like I have a theory that um, Papa John's survives mostly on 
half the people who call Papa John's thought they were calling Papa Murphy's. And they just survive <laughs> off of that. <laughs> Gas station cashier who takes salsa real seriously. Uh, if we're doing true crime and vandalism, here's a classic tale of convenience store justice. Sometimes when I bring these stories to the podcast, there's a few choices where I can get the information. There's usually a CBS version, a Fox version, a New York Times version, etc. Try to find the most objective one, which is usually on page three. But for some reason, this story was on a bodybuilding.com message board. So that's <laughs> for the information. <laughs> there's no more lies told than on a bodybuilding message board. <laughs> oh, I got it Man. again here. <laughs> Maybe it was, uh, I don't know, maybe it was the use of the phone. A Texas gas station clerk was arrested after opening fire on a man who broke a jar of salsa amid a verbal altercation, according to authorities. Deputies with Constable Mark Herman's office responded to a Friday disturbance call in who? Atascocia? Well, I think I nailed that. Atascocia, Texas. Uh, when they arrived, deputies identified Brianna Miranda as the suspect in investigation of the case revealed what happened leading up to the, to the shooting. Eventually, evidently, Miranda told a man he was not allowed in the store. This prompted a verbal altercation, and the man then broke a jar of salsa inside the store before walking outside. She proceeded to follow the man outside, grabbed a handgun from her vehicle, and returned to the store. Uh, she then walked back outside and confronted the man again before shooting him twice. Boy, this sounds like her fault, even in Texas. Man. She was taken into custody and charged with aggravated assault with a deadly weapon. She was booked into the Harris County Jail. Her bond was set at twenty. That sounds like a story that would happen in Florida. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's exactly right. Florida man, that's where that should start. Yeah, if you're gonna if you're gonna jack around at the convenience store, you don't do it in Texas. <laughs> no, no. Texas is no. not the place. No, uh, no trespassing signs mean something down there. Hey, John, is Lane Kevin going to Ole Miss? He says he's not, but on the Ole Miss sidelines last week, uh, his son was on the Ole Miss sidelines running the fire extinguisher to top the shoulders of players. He's four and eight versus top 25 coaches. This program is a disaster compared to what expectations were. There's a rumor Auburn offered him 15 mil a year over 10 years. I think he's going to Auburn. Lane, of course, vehemently denies this to the point of getting in a quote tweet off with a reporter. Uh, John Sokolov tweeted, breaking Ole Miss head coach Lane Kiffin plans to step down as the Rebels coach Friday and head to Auburn to become the Tigers next head coach, according to sources who say the Tigers haven't officially offered the job to anyone yet. So Lane to Auburn is happening. And then Lane said, I don't think so, bud. When he quote tweeted the claim saying, that's news to me, John. So we got an old fashioned scoop off. John Lane's your boy. Feinbaum said the same thing. Feinbaum came out and said he was going and he he got on there and said, no, he's not. But this morning, the the breaking news is they're going to hire Hugh Freeze. Auburn's going with Freeze. What? That, That that's almost a done deal. My God, that's Hugh Freeze. You heard it here first. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Breaking. The guy who, ain't he the guy who coached from a hospital bed? Yeah. Thumbs up <laughs> from the hospital guy. bed. That's him. Give me that guy. Yeah. I, yeah. And then Matt Rule supposedly to Nebraska. The, which oh, is yeah. a home Matt run. Rule. That is a home run you, from Nebraska. That is Matt Rule. That just seems college. like a shit. Sorry. Yeah. That, that seems like a fit. That's that like a great a fit. Home run. Omaha yeah. should be very, very happy if they land Matt Rule. XFL yeah. Jim, our, our buddy XFL Jim, rabid Cornhuskers fan. He's psyched. 
Is he, is he, is he talking, talking about, about it? it? Yeah. Oh, oh shit. shit. Like, looked like he was drinking some celebratory alcohol over it even last <laughs> well, night. Well, they won last night. night. Yep. Yeah, just a great day for Huskers fans. Holy shit. It's it's real simple. Lane, Kiff- Lane Kiffin, for all his complexities, is actually a pretty simple man. He just follows the money. He's yeah. he's a used car salesman. Well, they, they and lost if there's the a place down last. the street that pays him more, he's, he's leaving. <laughs> he has no problem lying. <laughs> simple man. Leach got him last night. He lost the yeah. Egg Bowl last night. You know, yeah. I was happy for Leach. That was a big game for him. Yeah, I love Leach. You know, the the seat was getting a little warm there because of that very game. He he hadn't done really well, but they ended up winning last night late. That was exciting. Johnny, you watching the college football? Oh uh, man, I, I used to be a, a junkie, but I don't I don't watch TV anymore just because it went so woke. Um and it's right. like it ain't even me to care about this, it. watching with my kids. I was Daddy, what's that? And it's like I just some questions I just they not old enough for. But we outside, we throw yeah. the football around ourselves. But we watch like when they get to the playoffs, we'll watch it. But man, yep. it's, it's it's difficult. If my kids were a little older, but my boys are 10, 9, and 8. So I try yep. to keep them to be kids as much as they could be kids. I need it. I need NFL for guidance. I wake up in the morning. I'm like, man, I want, I'm going to do some hate today. And then I turn on the Bills game and Josh Allen has stop hate on the back of his helmet. And I say, whoa, <laughs> you know what? I'm not going to do any hate today. That was close. <laughs> that was Ridiculous. close. Thank God I had Roger Goodell there to guide me morally. Yeah. <laughs> what would we do without Roger? <laughs> right? Jesus. That's a bracelet. He's the enemy we all need. I got to I got to ask you this. Johnny, let me catch you up a little bit. So on this podcast since its birth, we have said the NHL has the worst marketing department on the planet. I said they've skate on skate. It's fast paced. People getting like legit fist fights. There's nothing more American than that. I agree. And now all of a sudden, here's your fan base. It's about this big, about two people. Okay, the NHL's players and their moms. Angela and coach. And a few guys that have an igloo, a cooler, a flannel shirt, a Stanley mug of coffee, and red wing boots when they go to work. Those are your other fans. And you come out with... A transgender tweet, like that's where you're going with this. They don't watch hockey. Yeah, it's They're not. I've been to hockey games. They're trying to acquire a new demographic. Johnny Six Pack doesn't give a fuck about your woke shit. Well, man, that's, that's all they have left. I seen um, and then like the the VP or the CEO of NHL now it's like a black woman. I seen that on. Yeah, I, and I, and I mean this from the most respectful way possible when somebody. Hire a black woman to be the head. That's when they know shit's going downhill, and because the policies that they're gonna bring in, you know you're not about to recover from them, and you also know that you're in a position where, as a white man, you can't push back and say, "Nah, we don't want to do that shit." You have to go along with whatever with they bring into your organization, unfortunately. And it ain't even about race because anybody who's woke, if they're gonna bring in woke policies, and I don't see how in a boardroom anybody thought that hockey that's what they need. I think hockey is yeah. a great sport. I honestly think hockey and NASCAR right now, with how like weird America is going with the NBA and the NFL going all woke, I think it's their time to shine. Honestly, yeah. If they had like some, some nuts about themselves, this is the time to take off because urban mm-hmm. 
individuals, bro, you could have them playing hockey. You could have us out there watching race cars. I, I, but I don't know why everyone falls for the, the go woke, go, go broke move, but it, it's a terrible idea. Pays off short term, it seems to at least. You get a couple hashtags in your favor. Yeah. I think it did, but I think it's starting to go away. It's all superficial. It's not real. People don't believe in these. They don't believe in a cause any more than a tweet. They're not going to put boots on the ground and go do something. Well, I just think with sports, man, sports is always about winning and being great. And no one has ever had a successful, you know, victimhood campaign in sports at all. I mean, Colin Kaepernick got his Nike deal and got a Netflix documentary, but he still never got to play football again. The sports is about winning and being great. And you can talk and you can complain, but if you're not good, you will not play. Yeah, it gets to that that point where it's meritocracy time. Are you going to help us win games or not, despite all this other shit? Yeah. If not, then we're going to roll with Taylor Heineke or whoever, you know. <laughs> <laughs> you see guys like uh, Mike Singletary, bench Vernon Davis. He said, I'd rather play with 10 guys who want to win than 11, and the 11th one is a guy like him or whatever the hell he said. <laughs> like Singletary. Yeah, the old school, though. He didn't last long in the league. I think that's what the pants. We need to know. We need we <laughs> Vernon Davis played different after that. Vernon Davis changed after that. He, he changed. He went to DC and he was he was a badass and for the <laughs> Mandos or the Commodores of the football. Yeah, whatever they call them. Yeah. <laughs> no, I just think sports was as as a kid, like I remember you looked up to athletes and it never was about their political opinions. It was solely about what they could do. I I never would have cared if Michael Jordan talk politics. I just I don't see why athletes feel this is what they need to get into. But my 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 hypothesis about LeBron is LeBron went political to cover up his shortcomings, losing those losing those in the finals, switching teams too many times. It was his whole life has been compared to Jordan, so he had to do what Michael Jordan wouldn't do, which is talk politics, and that has elevated him on a level that Michael Jordan can never reach. He LeBron is a god to society because he's willing to to be the, the the vocal puppet that the because we allowed it yeah i think that's what elevated him to the next level and i think you can look at a kaepernick or a serena williams celebrities when it comes time to i retire a little bit but they still want to keep a fame and be loved they start being political yeah, yeah. No, no that's that's, that's actually, actually true or they're in the booth somewhere extra miles out of it mm-hmm. extend the career <laughs> a little bit get on tv a little more do a little more interviews I mean, you, see, mm-hmm. you see that with Shaq. You see with Charles Barkley. I mean, you, I I think Dwayne Wade sacrificed his son for a bag. Dwayne Wade will always he will always be in the media from from here until the day he dies. You will see Dwayne Wade on TV. Did he do? Is, is his uh, child transgender now? Yeah, but the, the actual mom is pushing back that she doesn't want the child to be able to get the surgery until the, the child is eighteen. But I seen what Dwayne Wade is trying to fight it's, against that because Disney had a bunch of stuff lined up for his daughter. <sighs> That's why I say it was sacrifice because yeah, they, they was about to make a whole new show and his daughter was going to be the star of it. And his daughter was going to be the star. Of, well, his son, but daughter. What's, what is what, what is is it a daughter or son by birth? It was a boy. He had two boys. He had okay. two boys, and he said the blue boy was three. And Gabrielle Union one day said, "Hey, do you ever think your son is like kind of girly?" And he said he thought about it. If a woman came to me and said that about my son, I would have put her out the door. But yeah. She made Dwayne Wade start thinking, and I personally think he sacrificed. Because you got to realize, he when he was with Gabrielle Union, he went out and had a baby with an Instagram model. 
We got to remember this is what's wrong about living in an echo chamber, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. You live in an echo chamber. Decisions like this seem logical. Mm-hmm. And they're not. They're fucking radical. But that's the thing. It's like LeBron and D-Way and Carmelo and Chris Paul, they best friends. So you mean to tell the me when, when they all sitting together, they're like, LeBron, are you going to turn Bronny into a girl? You know, if these conversations are logical and they all sitting around, I got two sons and you got two sons. And all of a sudden you saying you got a son and a daughter. As your friend, I should be able to say, oh, what's going on? Excuse what the fuck? <laughs> because honestly, how hard is it to manipulate a kid? How hard is it to manipulate a kid? It's easy. I got. I, I, have, I have seven children. It's the easiest thing to do is manipulate That's what a worries me. It's the That's easiest thing in the world. Me. It's yep. it's not even, I don't know. I, I there, are, there are plenty of people out there that it's like this this adult clearly is a man in a woman's body and, and has been living that way. But when you start having child psychologists raise their hand and say, we got way too many kids coming in here thinking they're, they're a boy when they're a girl and vice versa. Like and they say, you can't say that you're fired. It's like, oh, did you just fire a voice of reason? Because he's trying to do his job. You know. And think about what the came problem in is, is that we or Batman or Superman or <laughs> yes. when you were a kid or a Power Ranger. You know, you we all are walrus. Yeah. <laughs> you just go through with it. You know what? <laughs> Ask me at eight years old, Johnny, what do you want to be? I probably would have said the white Power Ranger. Real life. Yeah. <laughs> I probably would have said a cat. <laughs> <laughs> but here's the the scary thing that happened in the blink of an eye is one moment we were going to a psychiatrist or a therapist and said, let's talk this out. Now the very first move is gender affirming medication. This number is like, I feel like a woman. Boom. We're getting right into Lupron. It's there. There's no discussion. Well, there is a discussion, but it's with somebody who is, um, whether they're uh, being coerced or would love to convince you that you're the opposite gender. Yeah. Indoctrinating you. Yeah. And some people it's yeah. Like some, some psychologists, their hands are tied. Cause look, this guy gets fired because he speaks out against it. And God forbid he say like, Oh yeah. If you just like to dance or whatever, that doesn't mean you're a girl. You know, you can still be a guy who likes to dance. <laughs> but you know that conversation doesn't happen anymore. I can say so, my childhood. I never in a million years thought that when I grew up, they, this would happen. Like, did any of you guys think when y'all was little boys, six, seven years old, by the time you was an adult, they would be telling little boys that they were girls? And be, no, it would be I, I better I if you're a little girl. Car. <laughs> We've I just left reality. reality. I was mostly focused on flying cars and trying to figure out where all those girls in music videos are. Because I don't see them in real life. See them hey, seriously. Like, <laughs> I'm like nine years old. Like, where are all these? I've never... My babysitter don't look like this. What is happening? There's a whole world out there. I wasn't thinking about uh, any of that, no. Yeah. I personally I think, think though, um, and y'all can let me know what y'all think. I, I think human consciousness has risen too much. Like, we we have the internet and there's so much information available to us to I mean Elon Musk is trying to go to Mars imagine what some four year old kid could do so you have to find a way to to slow that down I mean humans are still conquerors we still want to conquer nations and destroy other people we've just found different ways to do it and this is a way to do it which is men are the ones who are going to go out and fight war men are the ones who are going to try to steal a nation men are the ones who are going to do all this reckless stuff so we got to tone men down as much as we can before they wake up and, and rise to their their greatness well we're about to feel what soft men 
make hard times the back end of that. Because we're going to get into some hard times if we keep raising a bunch of betas. Yeah. Because China, because Russia, they, they're... They're not on our same page. Oh no! Yeah, they got they feeding they 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 soldiers steroids or something like that, trying to make them super mm-hmm. soldiers or, or something. It's gonna be definitely interesting I see where him, we I, go. I saw a video year. of one of them riding a bear like it was a fucking horse. I'm not fighting these people. <laughs> They're out there punching trees to death. No. <laughs> yeah, no, man. That's that's why um, I asked the question: Did America really win World War II? Uh, and I say that because if you go to school right now in China for 12 years, you come out loving China. If you go to school in Russia for 12 years, you come out loving Russia. But for some reason in America, you can go to the best elementary, middle, and high school, go to the best college, and you come out anti-America. It doesn't make sense, but it's yep. something that no one stops to question. But it's right in front of our face. And when you send your kid to college, they're going to come back hating you, purple hair, and hating the world. <laughs> and you just paid a <laughs> lot of money to Man. do that. And I, I just don't you understand where when... I can't say I don't understand when it happening because, you know, all the the Black Panther movements, they also were, were anti-America. Um, but I, I look and I think that's a, a seed that was sown to destroy the nation, which is, I mean, this is, nation is pretty much still a startup. You know, it ain't been around that long. Yeah. But who really wants this, this nation to keep succeeding? Um, and there's a reason that no one talks about, you know, Abraham Lincoln and Frederick Douglass are best friends, right? Yeah. yeah I keep that racist narrative going. So we got to pretend we ain't never been cool with each other. Hey, it's nice to meet you, Johnny. Nice to meet you as well, sir. Kobe's daughter has a stalker. Way too many creeps in this world. Even if we're 1% creeps, that's still like 8 million creeps. But I feel like the real number is closer to 5 or 6%. This is uh, this week's edition of Eric Reed's a TMZ article. Uh, the threat assessment professional Jeff Dunn joined TMZ Live on Wednesday to talk about Natalia Bryant. She made the right call speaking up about her alleged stalker. She got a temporary restraining order. Um, she got a judge to sign off on this temporary restraining order against 32-year-old Dwayne Kemp, a real piece of shit. This guy doesn't strike me as an attention-seeking loser. He seems like a legit psycho. TMZ broke the story uh, last week. Natalia, Natalia claims Kemp has been under the delusion they're in a relationship. She says the harassment has been going on for two years and escalating. Uh, he recently showed up at USC creeping around buildings where she's taking classes. He's even shown up to her sorority house. Um, what's especially scary, according to court docs, Kemp has been convicted of at least four crimes, including one involving a firearm. Police say he's in the process of buying a gun, and he's made clear on social media he's interested in an AK-47. This is all California, so good luck. I would say, you know, step one, get the fuck out of California. She says he sent her a DM with an image of her Late Father Kobe and wrote, thankful for him birthing you. Hopefully we can birth him. He's obsessed with having a Kobe-like child with her. That's what it is. He huh. wants to, I don't know, create the next elite basketball player and be the future LeVar Ball. I don't know. The guy's it, crazy. Yeah, I mean, that's, it's very unfortunate, um, you know, because that's, like as like you said, there could be 1% creep in the world, but that 1% creep gives the media the, the, the fuel that they need to paint that narrative of toxic masculinity and men are predators and uh-huh. stay away from them. It, it That's the problem is for every a hundred stand up great fathers. There are, there's that one weirdo out there and that's all it takes. Yep. And somebody like Natalia, her dad was such a, like just revered yeah. that this is probably not always going to be a thing in her life. Unfortunately. Yeah. Oh, a hundred percent. That's just where we're at because we've made such huge, 
gods of these athletes. Yeah. They're any, you know, and it's unfortunate because any man that she meets is going to know who she is. They got predetermined yeah. notions and you rich, your daddy Kobe, our kid's going to be able to hoop. <laughs> she um, always has to question the motivations of any yeah, potential yeah. like mate. Suitor. But, and yeah, I th- but I think our, our, in American culture, we did that on purpose, um, propping up ce- celebrities so high to where you value celebrities more than you value your own family. Because in reality, your your ideal superhero should always be your father or your grandfather, somebody who really was in your life and raised you and gave you life lessons. Yeah, you can like sports athletes, but they didn't change your diaper. They didn't pick you up when you fell off your bike. But because yeah, we have so many Charles broken Parker families said. in America, everyone wants to associate with the rappers or the athletes or the political figures. That in that, that's once again, I think our society does a great job at manipulating the brokenness in people. Because every really we, we know that. So you're, you're, if I say, man, removing God from the world was the worst thing ever because you gave people a higher purpose, even a connection. So no matter how bad life was or how down it was, they still could go pray. But now when you take God out, that's been removed with the government. That's been removed with social media. And look at the anxiety rates. Look at the depression rates. I mean, everything is getting worse because people don't have hope. God used to come with Sunday church, which came with your community. Yes. At least once a week, everybody came together, hugged each other, talked about what was going on, broke bread, and then went, went on about their week, yeah. knowing that they would come back. Yeah. Our society is so spread apart in relationships. We're closer. We're, we have more interactions with each other than ever before, but we're further apart than ever before. It's yes. Like a weird twist. Because the human Thanks, side of, of the human side of people is lost for some reason, you know. We and I, I, once I, it's like it's not blaming the media, but we all are desensitized to death. I mean, not even talking about watching a Rocky or a Rambo movie, but really, we we see videos of people dying on TV so often. Where it's not weird to see a dead person. It's not weird to watch somebody get hurt. For like the younger generation, after it's our fault as parents, I think, because it's our kids and their kids, they don't. They value themselves way up here, but they don't value the stranger like that. It's like the value shifted where they don't value others like they value themselves. It's just selfishness and self-centeredness. It's the root of all evil. But that's where the celebrity works. That meant. Yeah. Because you look how to look like, and I said, I don't blame LeBron or celebrities because they're just regular people, but look how LeBron treats refs when he doesn't get his way. And then look how, he, look how good he treats people when he does get his way, you know? Look how Obama was yeah. best friends with all the rappers and all the athletes. And then look how Obama was calling Kanye West an asshole when he didn't like. Like when you watch the people above you, once again, because now parents aren't your idols. Celebrities are your idols. So when you watch how bad they treat people. And when they're bought. Yeah. And you watch all them criticize Donald Trump. Well, you feel cool doing it. In reality, nobody would ever criticize a president. But when you watch nope. everybody else doing it, you jump on the bandwagon. It's easy to be yourself when you're alone. But when you're in a crowd, it's hard to keep your personality. And and yep. media knows that. I mean, you can anybody knows that. It takes a strong person to still be themselves and look at a million people and say, "All oh, y'all wrong," and not conform. Eric talks about the mob mentality a lot. Yeah, it's crazy how that takes. Or so when I, I was at Woodstock '99, <laughs> I watched that chick go completely crazy, and it's it's a, it's a weird, contagious thing. It it becomes okay. All kinds of things become okay all of a sudden. Mm-hmm. Somebody needs to explain this to. Uh, Cardinals coach Sean Kluger. He's been fired, offensive line coach and run game coordinator. Uh, the Cardinals haven't officially confirmed his dismissal, but coach is no longer listed on the team's website. 
Uh, sources told ESPN that Kluger allegedly groped a woman Sunday night and Mexican authorities who were notified of the incident contacted the Cardinals. He was fired before the game even kicked off, so this was a quick game of telephone. Coach Cliff Kingsbury told Bob McManaman, well, that's a hell of a name, Bob Mc M A N A M A N Manaman of the Arizona Republic that Kluger was fired for an unspecified incident that happened on Sunday night in Mexico City one day before the team's 38-10 to 10 loss to the 49ers at Estadio Azteca. And the young lady oh, was on the staff as well? The young lady was an employee oh, no. as well? She was just a... a no, no, no. They just flew into Mexico, and this guy decided, I'm not in my country anymore. I can just start groping chicks. <laughs> yeah, he must have went to a restaurant or maybe a flight attendant. I don't know. He managed to get it done before the before the game. Man. Apparently, what happens in Mexico still is not okay. <laughs> he said, we relieved him of his duties, and he was sent home Monday morning prior to the game. Kingsbury told McManaman, it's challenging anytime you make a staff change in that type of manner, right before that. I don't that seem like something he was plotting on? Like, he's seen the, the schedule and said, oh, we going to Mexico? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. The first way just to bring me the margarita, yeah. I'm snagging that titty in my hand. <laughs> Should we get no, babe? You stay. You got Thanksgiving stuff to handle. You go to your lounge or whatever. I'll be in Mexico. Right. I'll be back in three days. <laughs> Mexico, baby. Some of the things and that these, these people do with all this money, it just it blows me. He watched too much reality TV. Yep. Is that entitled mindset? I, I work for an NFL team. I could probably get away with this. Guys probably do this all the time. Dan Snyder does this. Man. Nope. Like you were no Dan you, Snyder, you are not Robert Kraft, man. Yeah. <laughs> no. You don't have a B next to your fucking bank account. You don't have the massage parlor catering to you, buddy. <laughs> nope. Uh, Jason Kelsey made a Christmas song, and I dare you to make fun of him for it. Jason Kelsey, Jordan Maialata, and Lane Johnson recorded a version of Baby Please Come Home, and it's pretty good. Jason Kelsey can sing. I haven't uh, oh, wow. begun thinking about Christmas presents. I should start to get on that, but that sort of uh, got me got me in the Christmas mindset. I got to get a tree. Oh, Johnny, Johnny might have to do, do a reaction on. video. Oh, yeah, for sure. Well, throw it to oh, me. Yeah. I do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you yeah. do a lot of uh, – I was like, like – you do. I saw a Dirk's Bentley reaction video. You got all kinds of stuff on there. Well, man, I just the, what I dislike about the world a lot, and it, it, I had to grow to be this way. Is is the stereotype that's been placed on me? But I fell for it, right? So I had cousins that grew up grew up in the suburbs, and I was in the homeless shelter. So I used to tell my cousins that they wasn't really black because they wasn't poor. I've since learned that that was my ignorance. You know, who you are has nothing to do with where you come from. But I look around in the world and I see how all they push is if you come from the inner city, that you got to be this rapper or you got to be this gangster or you'd have been in jail two or three times. You shot at people. And it's like, no, I had my daddy in my life. I was never scared of the cops. I was scared of my dad. Um, and I've never <laughs> felt like I couldn't step outside of my box and be something different. Yeah, I'm still Johnny. I still come from this urban environment. But what's wrong with listening to a different song? You know, we don't have to all be hip hop 24 seven, especially when we, you know, I, I do a lot of studying and. 51.5% of rappers die in homicide. All they do are sitting in front of a computer and a microphone, just like us right now. But something happens to where they end up having to lose their life. And I, I just pay attention to the content they're putting out. And you don't, you don't listen to a country song and want to go shoot nobody. <laughs> you don't listen to some old techno or some jazz or some rock or some. So I'm open to listen to all different types of music. Cause all it is is sound frequency. And this frequency isn't making people, kill each other it isn't making them want to commit crime so maybe there's something going on 
within hip hop behind the scenes that we don't know about that causes people to be so dysfunctional. Watch your videos. And that's what I learned about Tom McDonald. Yeah, I didn't even know so who I he was before I started before. doing this. It, somebody told me, you should react to this. Man, honestly, it was, it was your, your channel, channel that I learned, learned about. about I appreciate you, Doc. <laughs> <laughs> no, man, I, I, when I, I had Tyson, Tyson James. Yeah. yeah. And then it's a whole other rabbit hole I got down. Yeah, man, that's how it started for me. I, when I, I really didn't, I didn't even know reaction videos was a thing, if I'm being honest. Last year, last year at this time, I had um, did a video and somebody said, you should react to this. And I was like, oh, okay. And I didn't even react to the whole song. I only reacted like to two minutes of it because I didn't know you were supposed to play the whole video. <laughs> and they was like, why you didn't play the whole video? And then it just kept coming in comments and comments. And then it, my channel moved really fast and YouTube slowed my channel down in a crazy way. But it's still moving. Oh, really? Oh, hell yeah. I've got hit with a, cra- a crazy shadow band. So, I mean, I have 25. For what? Um, just because of things I'm saying. I don't I don't fit okay. the victimhood narrative. I've And... A lot of what I like I said, a lot of people who talk about the problems of black America, they're they're lying. So this house that I'm talking to you guys right now, my mama had this house on Section 8. The neighborhood drug dealer got shot on the front front porch when I was 16 years old. Um, I graduated high school in this house with no lights, no water, no gas. And we were evicted because we didn't have a utility zone. And I came back and bought this house and me and my family and my wife stay here now. Um, Hell yeah. So that's why I say, wow, that's why I say the narrative of the world is fake. That I mean, this whole Jesse Pinkman, that shit, this whole neighborhood now, man, all the houses are super nice. Everybody has. And I was like, so we never lived in a ghetto. We just didn't value our property. And I can't be mad at these neighbors <laughs> next door. It's still America. Right. And I can't be mad at them for buying that house for 10000 and fixing it up and selling it for 200000 They They made it look... I just, I just... It opened my mind to, holy shit, we've been lied to. All of it is a lie. Every, everything is a scam. Um, but me not growing up with lights on in my house, it was a benefit because I wasn't consuming what the world... I was just thinking inside my head. So I've never been caught up in the world because I got out of high school and came home and sat in my room until it got dark and went to sleep. I used to put my clothes in between my mattress so they wouldn't be wrinkled. We used to have church's chicken for dinner, put that chicken in a cooler and that would be our breakfast. Like I experienced real poverty and I look around and what people complain about in the world. Like, I don't know how blessed y'all are, man. Like y'all really, really, y'all really blessed. Um, But I also know I grew up in a two parent household. So that's what make me a little more balanced. You know, we didn't have money, but I had my man and daddy. And that's all. I, that's why I say I, I would, I've been rich my whole life. Cause I may not have material wealth, but I can go get that wherever I want. But I can't replace my mom and my dad. So, I, I've, I'm I was born a rich kid, and I'm still a rich kid. Cause I can call my daddy right now and talk to him for four or five hours. And that's what most humans, especially men, I, I need my need. daddy more as a man than I needed him as a boy. Well, I grew up poor, but out in the country of Oklahoma on red dirt roads. But there was two parents. Yeah, and we've all grown up and made what we made of of ourselves now my parents still live in uh, on old land in oklahoma and if it rains you're gonna have a hard time getting out to their house you have a four by four or a tractor man <laughs> but we've all my, i have one brother that owns the heat and air company in uh castle rock colorado one's in the air force one's in lives in la and then i'm in wisconsin me and my wife so it doesn't matter where you come from your family has always been it the key. matters if there was two parents yeah. in your fucking house. That's what matters. And you can go back. I mean, look at the Jacksons. Every one of them were successful. Martin. I mean, <laughs> Michael. Jan, you know, look at the Wayans brothers. It, it's always been the norm to have a big, successful family. And that's why you had to tear the family up. You know, one thing slavery and Jim Crow and all those things couldn't do is tear the family up. But the welfare state was able to do it with no problem. 
and they're doing, doing it today. They're still doing it. Yeah. And that was the best part about my life. To kill our young. I was gonna say, man, this house, this house that we was in, uh, it was a Section A house, but the landlord who owned it uh, was a guy named uh, Mister Rogers, and he was cool with my father living in a home. Every year when we had our Section Eight inspection, we would just hide all my dad's things to pretend he didn't live with us. And as a kid, I was like, why we gotta hide daddy's stuff? Why we gotta act like he don't live here? But as an adult, man, that landlord he did me a favor. Because if he don't let our, but for him, it was a cheat code because he didn't have to hire a maintenance man or he didn't have to pay for nothing to get broke around yeah. the house. My daddy could fix it. So it yeah. just, it worked out perfectly. And I'm the product of the the welfare. My mama got her food stamps every month on the 21st. Um, but my, I watched my dad work. He never had a, a real job. He always worked under the table jobs, get cash. And, and I watched him go to work six days a week, rain, snow. We never had a car in my family my whole life. He caught the Metro. And if he didn't got tired of waiting on the metro, he would walk his ass to work. <laughs> so I mean, all my discipline, my work ethic, everything I am, it comes from my, from watching him get up and do it. I just told him I took it to the next level. But if I don't see my father go to work every day, if I don't see him come home with groceries, I don't know where mm-hmm. I learned that from. And I feel that's why I feel you don't. yeah. I think that's what's so wrong with society is a lot of young yeah. boys are they don't know what a man is supposed to do. So, so they, they fall, fall in line with, with what, what their, their teacher, teacher tell them because that's who's talking to them. Yeah. I mean, I mean, there's a book I've read. There's a book I've read called No More Mr. Nice Guy. And it said ever since World War II, you know, the boys that have been raised in America, they've had to earn validation of the women. They only live with their mom. All your teachers in school are women. So the only time you really meet a male is when you start playing sports, which that was high school back in the day. So we ha- we're now yep. in the third or fourth generations where they're born in the seeking female validation. Thank you, everyone, for listening. We truly do appreciate it. We encourage you to tell your friends, share the show on the social media, maybe send us a five-star review. That's what you guys can get me for Christmas. <laughs> I'd love to wake up and find a YouTube subscription and a card with a five-star review in it under the tree. <laughs> All it will cost you is 30 to 60 seconds of your life, $0 for less than a price of a cup of coffee. You can grow this Patriot Sports from a ragtag group of degenerates to a corporate group of degenerates. Anyway, thank you, Johnny, for joining us. This has been a ton of fun for the couple people who haven't subscribed yet let the people know where they can find you uh man youtube johnny calloway senior instagram johnny calloway senior as well linkedin i think johnny calloway senior um everywhere but the goal is to inspire literally man i I, honestly i say it a lot but every single one of us is a genius you know the next amazon could be inside of you the next tesla could be inside of you if you never sit down and think about it then you can't bring it to reality and we've been conditioned exactly. to not think big. And I say you wake up every day and you have to think. So think as big as you possibly can. <laughs> right. And Chris said we're going to make the next ESPN. I said you're fucking crazy, but I'm in. Look at and it. And here right. we are. <laughs> exactly. Now we got PatriotSportsNow.com, the greatest website of all time. We're always posting podcasts, blogs, live streams. Come over there. Hang out with us. Uh, we got morning live streams tomorrow, 730, Saturday, 730. If it's a weekend morning, 730. Come find us on the YouTube. So much cool stuff on the way. So much room for activities. Okay, back to the Beats Laboratory to create more incredible sports content, like they said in the beer commercial. It doesn't <laughs> get any better than this. Johnny with an IE, thank you for joining us. Till next time, be good to each other. Chris, kick the outro music. You've been listening to Patriot Sports Radio. If you're sick of all the national talking heads and biases of mainstream sports media like we are, this show is for you. 
We hope you enjoyed it. Make sure to like, rate, and review. And we'll be back soon. For more content and merch, hit up www.patriotsportsnow.com. Find us on Twitter at Patriots Pod, on Instagram and Facebook at Patriots Sports Now, and on Getter, Rumble, and YouTube at Patriots Sports. Take care, and we'll see you next time.